0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers to 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Glee on the Rocks we're happy to have you here i'm mav i'm emily and i'm mandy and this is episode 13 where we talk about hell whoa episode 14 of Glee's first season and it doesn't bother my ocd at all that we're on episode 13 but also episode 14. um that's just something we're gonna have to deal with as a group anyway "Hello." it's uh, actually premiered on
2: Episode 12.
1: Yes. It's actually episode 12. That doesn't, that makes it so much better.
2: <laughs> so we've had two double features.
1: Cool. My counting is, words, are, words and numbers are hard. So, you know, that <laughs> makes podcasting super easy all around and a great idea for me to do. It Any probably case.
2: doesn't help that our first episode was episode zero because it was an intro. <laughs> it's a whole thing. We really fucked up.
1: We tried to make this as complicated for you guys as possible. But anyway, back to the point, which is Hello, uh, episode 14, uh, which premiered on April 13th, 2010, after a four-month hiatus, uh, was uh, watched by 13.6 million people, which is the second highest uh, of, you know, of the series, was directed by Brad Falchuk and written by Ian Brennan. And uh, so fresh off their monumental win at sectionals, New Directions is on top of the world. With an extra spring in their step, they get to work on new numbers for regionals. But when Rachel and Finn's budding romance hits a bump in the road after she becomes involved with a competitor, Jesse St. James, it threatens to derail the entire club. Mr. Schuster pays a visit to Shelby Corcoran, coach of vocal adrenaline, to confirm Jesse's motives, because that's normal. Meanwhile. Will is newly single, but he is ready to. But is he ready to take his relationship with Emma to the next level? And to top it all off, Sue Sylvester returns from her condo in Boca with a renewed focus on destroying Will and, disband, and disbanding the Glee Club. That's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> Yay! Which fun fact, as noted earlier, uh, here that this was the first episode we got the here's what you missed on Glee, which came to be very, very. Just, iconic Still, I, I that was yes yes thank you it's hard to use the word iconic Again, comes, but
2: i guess in context
1: i mean i feel like there are a few things that you can say these are this is iconic of the show weird writing characterization that makes no sense breadsticks blaine going backwards in age that never happened uh here's what you would be another one yep yep
2: this uh this was an interesting episode this was a, yeah, I mean, I feel like you can kind of tell that it was a bit of a reset after the previous episode, which was absolutely written as a finale, and then was turned into a mid-season finale, and now we're at the top of the second act of the season, and we're trying to throw out some new storylines with Vocal Adrenaline and Jesse St. James and um, will and Emma, let's well, guess it's on a new storyline, but it's you know will and Emma minus Terry uh although you know we're back with Finn and Rachel and Finn and Rachel and off and on and Finn and Rachel and so there's there's the constant threads of things, but I, it does feel like they're trying to get a new a, a breath of fresh air, so to speak to keep to keep going to the end of the season,
1: which didn't really make sense to me like we didn't you didn't need to do like a whole reset like you could have just been like cool keep going yeah I I mean Yeah.
2: yeah so like part act one of the season was getting to sectionals and that has a whole arc and they win and now act two is getting to regionals and it's gonna have a very similar arc if I remember with ups and downs and Sue getting in the way and relationships getting in the way and on and off again and shoe making choices and it, it does kind of from what I remember I guess we'll have to watch and remind ourselves what the hell is going on but it's it's somewhat similar in that they had their goal is winning a competition again
1: yeah I just I felt like yeah I mean you didn't have to I mean yeah you kind of reset but at the same time I'm like you didn't really need to just like be like cool let's it have just been like let's let's go from here because yeah we're, we're pretty much going to be doing the same thing it, different things maybe coming in and out but yeah i mean relationship drama admit amongst trying to win a competition drama yeah i mean well i just distilled glee down to- <laughs> yeah
2: i guess that's oh. what you missed on glee that's <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done here. We figured it out. Uh, this has been great. It's really nice talking to you guys.
1: And uh, Yeah, this has been a great you know, 12 episodes that we've done here. But I don't think we need to keep going. <laughs> Just going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll Until see you later.
2: next time. Bye.
1: Bye. I mean, I guess since we've still got this time, we might as well talk about things.
2: We'll
3: just continue having a casual conversation about the episode between ourselves. Yeah, just just us.
2: Oh, that would be a very different conversation if it wasn't being recorded.
3: True.
1: (laughs) FYI, the conversation pre and post recording is is very nice. It's also
2: very different.
1: (laughs) It's also a reason it's not recorded.
2: Okay. Mm Uh, So I thought this was one of Shu's like weaker lesson plans. Like sometimes you can tell his lesson plans kind of fit thematically what's happening and you get why we're going to like you get why he pairs them up sometimes. Like, hey, my students are fighting. Let's try and make them work together, even though it's like the wrong thing to do. But this thing with hello and reintroducing yourself to yourself and like it just felt this time it really felt like they had some songs that they wanted to use or someone in the writer's room was like wouldn't it be funny if all of the songs had the word hello in them and then they tried to build a lesson around it but couldn't really get one that made any sense
3: i I think that's something glee did like as a staple later on but this was the first time it was really obvious
2: yeah it just felt really apparent that someone was like guys there's some really famous songs that all start with hello. Let's put them in an episode.
1: Well, and then it also feels really on the nose because they're like, let's, let's put them all on an episode as soon as we come back from yeah. a hiatus. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: yeah. it's really cool. it's That's... really sad that Adele hadn't come out with hello yet. Because that would have been even more on the nose. Wow. And now they should like redo the episode with hello.
1: Okay, but who would see? Okay who would sing the best version of hello um
2: there? i mean well, probably mercedes but i bet tina could actually do a really pretty good version but i think i think mercedes could probably do the adele long whale better than
1: some others interesting okay i was also he, thinking naya could do, could oh yeah do. naya's a but i mean star. i honestly think mercedes has all the, i mean she has an amazing voice i yeah I'm saying character and and actor name interchangeably. I know. Um, Mercedes, you know, she has a powerhouse of her voice, but Santana, I don't think she's that. She wasn't really given a chance so far, at least in season one, to really showcase her voice, and she's got an amazing voice.
2: She really does, actually. A A lot of my favorite songs are Santana songs just because they sound so good.
1: She's got that. She's got that perfect voice for wearing a really slinky red satin dress, being mm-hmm. in a piano bar late at night in New York. Yeah, um, and you're sipping whiskey, and it's very smoky, and the lights are low, and she's just singing into a microphone. I haven't pictured this at all.
2: I was. I feel like maybe That's you've good. thought about this a few times.
1: That's okay. I'm not going to say okay. that. Like, I'm not going to say that it's also Blaine on the piano. That's playing and that they. <laughs> I have
2: absolutely seen that fan art though.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm here 100%. for 100%. A thousand percent.
2: Um, yeah, I guess. Do so I get the award yeah. for bringing
1: Blaine in? It, 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 earliest. You did.
2: Yeah, the earliest <laughs> possible <laughs> moment.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Continue. Oh, no. I was going to say the big thing with. This with this uh, episode is obviously the introduction of uh, Jesse St. James and uh, and Shelby her. Corcoran. Yep, yep. So yep. that that being a a big point, let's uh, let's kind of jump on into that. Thoughts on Shelby Corcoran and or Jesse St. James? I am Don't hate them. Hate them.
2: I, I I don't hate them. I think I think a rival Glee Club member is a great idea and jonathan groff is super talented and super cute and knows how to do a show choir face and a show choir song and it he looked he's got that baby face so he doesn't look totally out of place to be in high school even though (laughs) he is um you know
1: question is jonathan groff in a glee club i'm googling
2: i don't know ask Lynn manuel miranda i'm sure he'd know
1: ask his boyfriend ask his friend Lynn
2: Um, I sat behind uh, Groff at a show once and I didn't realize it was him until someone else pointed him out I was like oh hey uh, I, I don't know I like Jesse and I like that he is lying and I like that he's actually a bit of a villain and I don't need him to be redeemed in a way like what's wrong with just having it's the Sue Sylvester factor like what's wrong with just having some villains on this show
3: I definitely agree with that, and I think the problem with any character who stays around too long is that the show wants to redeem them,
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
3: uh, and it does eventually happen with Jesse, but for season one, he's a really good, just like asshole character,
2: yeah, he is he yeah. plays her and it works, and you know i i will i i
1: I hear you, <laughs> however, I hear you and, but um, I'm going to make the, I don't, I actually, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion. I don't know. But I always felt that, um, Jesse St. James made way more sense being with Rachel than fit. Oh, and well, yeah. As characters I, go. Yeah. Like, so even though, yes, he ended up being a villain and he, he didn't need to be, he didn't need to be uh, redeemed. Part of me always did want him to be redeemed because I'm like, no, some-
3: no, I mean, what, what should have happened was Rachel realized that, like, she was actually kind of a villain character all along, too. And they uh-huh. just bonded over that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they just bonded over wanting to win and willing to do whatever it yeah. takes
1: to get that there. R- Rachel realizing that she would have egged somebody yeah, if she had thought yep. of it. And frankly, that's exactly what she did to Sunshine.
3: It's yes. very true, yeah. Like, it she is the Jesse St. James of that story
2: she really is and it works like they complement each other in interesting ways I know yeah and there's not this like hemming and hawing about it the way Finn especially in this episode it's like I don't know if I want her as a girlfriend she's kind of annoying but I guess I'm going to anyway like what, what kind of half assed weird shit is that and as, as time goes I think Jesse if it had gone a different trajectory it, I think you'd have a A pretty interesting arc but as he stands in the first season i i dig it and yeah i think he would make a better what would it be be like it'd be like enemies to begrudging respect to (laughs) friends to lovers
1: well no i mean the as you point out they're they're very much the like the exact same character Mm -hmm. he may jesse st james maybe turned up a few more notches than rachel if you can even imagine that right um but they both You know, they both go from a sense of, you know, passion and everything they do is just they're very passionate about it. They're very decisive. They're very much like this is this is about me. This is what I'm doing. Everything is for me to get to this point. And I have this dream and this goal. And that makes sense because then you can compare that to Finn. God bless him. (laughs) But he's he's very indecisive. He's very wishy washy. He doesn't know what he wants, really.
0: Yep, in life, half
1: the yeah. time and so you kind of go cool I mean opposites attract to get yes but at the same time like I it only goes so far until it's like cool what do we have in common yeah <laughs> and what do we have and and so yeah I I liked Jesse and and Rachel and I thought it was an interesting an interesting uh thing to throw in there and yeah, yeah i had I have, I have no problem with jesse being slightly evil to uh to rachel
2: <laughs> well you know given that they're so alike and so competitive and so desirous of winning at all costs that they would probably implode down the line right like you they would get to a point let's say it's applying for Niata or going for that last spot at Niada where they would fight to the death for it regardless of their oh, relationship. Yeah. And
1: that's like, Absolutely. okay.
2: Like that's fine. They can then, you know, if the choice is career and opportunity over each other, I think they would both at least at this point choose career and opportunity over each other. And that's okay. an interesting, yeah. that's interesting. It's
1: cool. It's cool. It's different. Um, I wonder, I wonder um, because in my head, I imagine, let's say let's, let us let's think hypothetically here, Jesse and Rachel to, together to, you know, and, and to the point where they're, you know, competing to go up against Miata. Uh-huh. And in my head, I go, yes, I can totally see Rachel getting upset if Jesse did something to get in and she didn't. But at the same time, like, I'm pissed because you cost me Uh Uh, But at the same time, begrudging respect for, like, because I would have, because I did that, too. Like, I would have done that, too.
2: Yeah, I would have fucked you over, too.
1: Right. But then I also wonder, because it's men writing this show, if they just ultimately would see, no, Rachel, as a woman, would always see a relationship over anything else. I think
2: yeah I think they do that though and you can see it in this episode where Yeah, yeah I think absolutely they write her as and it's this problem that I start you know we were talking about way in the first episode where I was like I like this Rachel and I did but you get to these episodes and you have her saying the glee club is everything to me and winning is everything but what she's doing is putting relationships over that and she she does that absolutely with Jesse St. James is she, they tell her yeah. to her face. If you keep this relationship going, which is all of like six hours old, uh, mm-hmm. you will be kicked out of this group because it's not fair to the rest of us. We think he's cheating. We think he's bad news. They're totally right. Yeah. A- and she's like, YOLO, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so she yeah. says one so thing. He absolutely gets written as the girl who chooses relationships. And it's
1: ridiculous. So yeah, I think, I think, yes, deep down, actual Rachel, who is all about my goals, my dreams, Broadway, Fanny okay. Rice, above everything else, would be upset and would be pissed at getting fucked over by, by Jesse St. James, if he, as he tries to get ahead, but would also deep down understand and be like, okay, that's, this is, this is, you, you do what you need to do to get it done. And would have some modicum of respect for that even if she hated that it fucked her over to do that Mm -hmm. but so in that sense I think that would have been it be an interesting trajectory to see how that would go but I don't think they would have written it that way I think they would have written it like she would be upset and hurt like we see here and putting a relationship before it when which I went meanwhile I'm going that's not that's not what I saw from Rachel that's not what you told me Rachel was and showed me at the beginning so what is she then if she's not yeah so yeah. an interesting Agreed. an interesting side sidebar into into what what could have been with jesse and rachel's relationship through season one but uh hey we didn't get that <laughs> hey, so, that's uh, what but, hey that's not what happens that's not what in case spoiler in case you were not aware of the rest of the season uh, so Shelby Corcoran, the other the other big name for this uh, for this episode, Dina. I'm cool with Shelby. You know, you got a woman
2: leading uh, the charge again for another Glee club, and uh, mm-hmm. you know she's also doing what she thinks it takes to win. Although I guess I I don't super like that her go-to is cheating. Like, why not just trust that you're insanely talented and overpopulated Glee Club is going to be fine. But, just getting it done. Meanwhile, can we
1: talk about what's in the water in, uh, in Ohio?
2: To produce that many uh,
1: Glee Club members? Yeah, because yeah, there's there's I mean, New Directions. Yep. There's Vocal Address. And then there's, you know, there's Dolphin. And it's sort of like what the well, fuck? Dolphin, like, is there nothing well, else to do in Ohio? And like, yeah. except like Breed musically talented children. It's all
2: part of the the mutant factory that they've got going on. There really is something in the water.
1: Oh, God. Absolutely. Really is. Ohio's third rate mutant power. Clearly <laughs> just having like <laughs> that's a, it's the third-rate mutants of of the X-Men. It's like all of these mutants are just mu- you know, musically theater inclined. It's like, well, what fucking use is that? Well, stick them in Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, they're getting that is this sweet,
2: lake eerie water, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm yeah, going to be honest. A... I don't even know where Lima, Ohio is. So, I mean, so I
1: feel like it's got to be somewhere in the middle because <laughs> you know, it's... I'm looking at a map. It's not.
2: It's, on the, it's closer to the west uh, okay. side of the state, north of Dayton, which is also a city Fun in Ohio. Fun fact,
1: I <laughs> just about every summer uh, in Dayton, Ohio as a child
2: so you were like a, i don't know how far this is you were several inches of google Maps space away <laughs> from limo
1: yeah i'm now googling
3: um like did you get some of that water yeah did you ingest i mean because glee I, I know glee is not a documentary but i'm just saying What's... if there actually were a like hidden ring of musically talented mutants that somebody at a party told ryan murphy about I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Yeah, I would not be surprised. Looks like it's an hour north of Dayton. You were
2: really close.
1: Cool. So like, How's I don't feeling? know. I did drink the water. It's a two. It's a two-hour bus ride. P.S.
3: Um, how far away was I from? Is there a Westerville, Ohio?
2: I mean, probably
3: there is, because isn't it actually what? like an hour and a half away from Lima? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is an hour and a half
1: away. Okay, do you pronounce pronounce it Lima? Because I always pronounce it Lima.
2: I pronounced it Lima.
3: I I said Lima on the show. Which makes sense. Lima Bean. Yeah, they were like the Lima losers.
2: That's a level of detail that really doesn't matter on this show.
3: So yeah, I'm basically
1: an hour and a half away from, I would have been an hour and a half away from uh, Lima and uh, Westerville. Cool, 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 cool. I just assumed neither of these cities were real, and they just made (laughs) them up. Because, of course they did. Like, why Why would they have come up with real... Why would they have used real cities? I mean, of the people
2: who I know who are from Ohio, all they have to say is, like, that's not what it's like at all. So, you know.
1: Also, I spent time in Cincinnati, which was how far away from... That's even further I, I... south. It is, but I didn't know if it was closer to, to Westerville. It is not, FYI. But, yes, yeah. yeah, so... I, my, my singing ability, not Cincinnati that good. is basically dance, Kentucky. It really is. Um, my dancing ability, though, quite good. Oh, so interesting. there's that. I have another, so
2: something's in the water.
1: There's really not much you missed, to be honest.
2: Oh, I know. I've, I've, <laughs> that's why I kept driving through.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, the, um,
2: I entered Ohio, and I was like, nope, keep going.
1: Nope. (laughs) Like, nope, pretty sure this is, one, nothing happens here. Two, pretty sure this is the setting for just about every other Supernatural episode in the first Uh uh season. Uh Moving on. All right, so that being said, uh, yeah, now I like Shelby Corcoran. I quite enjoyed her. I thought she should have stayed around more, although I could understand why uh, Glee didn't have the budget for (laughs) For Adina. (laughs) For Adina, (laughs) fair. also, she had she had really fucking good advice. I know um, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but um, let's just go with Shelby is right. Um, we should listen to Shelby and Shu's an asshole, and yeah. leave it at that. And yeah. then go back to the beginning with Shu. <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. She was absolutely right about hey you you've just left your wife after a, what, 15-year relationship or however the fuck long they were dating and then married, and, like, it's really, it's not time for him to date Emma, because that, she just also got left at the altar. Like, he should really, he needs to spend some time on, like, a spiritual retreat finding
1: himself. I say Not only were you married and dating and, like, with this woman for 15 years, it was a traumatic end. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a slow realization hey we've grown apart we're not the same kids we were in high school let's mutually just decide to to separate because i i've realized i have feelings for this for emma and that's not fair so let's let's talk about this let's be adults and let's just let's Mm -hmm. amically move on no it wasn't fucking that
3: no
2: (laughs) it was
1: terry's losing her mind because you're a dick and and having emotion emotionally uh you know the word I went cheating on her with somebody that you are working with yep. that who is also dating somebody else. So she's faking a pregnancy to be able to bring your relationship back. And then you realize it's all fake because she's trying to buy the child from that your student is carrying. That's pretty fucking traumatic. So no, you should not be dating somebody right now. Especially a women that, was, that just got left in an altar.
2: This was a show that was actually on TV.
1: For children. Oh, maybe not children. This happens for younger people.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say this is not for children. Yeah, for, yeah, the, for she, the
1: age of the age of people between adults and children. <sighs>
2: when she was like, "I'm kind of a mess," I was like, "Yes, you are."
1: I was like, "This is this this is you have never been more accurate. You really? I've never are. liked. You. I've never yeah. liked you before. I like you right now. Yeah, Thank you for I keep mean, admitting the far. first step to recovery is admitting.
2: Yeah, so let's not go that far, Matt.
1: Fair, so yeah, uh, got that. So Shelby's right. You know, I guess Dick. speaking of other
2: inappropriate relationships, what's up with Finn and Rachel this time? We're back to off again. He's like, let she thinks we're dating. I don't think we're dating. So let's not date, but then let's date. And you, you guys are like sixteen years old. Like, go to class, do your fucking homework. Stop this nonsense.
1: Uh, we're not dating because I got asked out by Brittany and Santana to go with them. And that just makes me go, what, really?
2: Um, yeah, there's, this is one of those many times where canonically Finn Hudson is an asshole.
1: Yeah, now,
3: definitely.
2: Canonically, Finn Hudson also understands the power of Hawaiian pizza, so he really can't no, no, be blamed no, 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 for no, too no. much. No,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, this is indicative that Finn Hudson makes <laughs> terrible is the worst kind of person and should never be trusted with anything, let alone making a pizza order. I need backup on this, Mandy.
3: I am here (laughs) to back you up on this. I mean, you you have said nothing but truth. (laughs) I bet,
2: I bet Blaine Anderson likes Hawaiian pizza.
1: Blaine Anderson has good choices and things most of the time he probably <laughs> made a mistake once or twice especially when drunk and accidentally ordered p- pineapple and, and ham on a pizza and then realized his mistake and was like oh no this was terrible i should never was, do this again was that a missing ask the was missing, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a post that happens that's just aimed at Blaine Anderson saying, no, I fucking love it just to be, no, Cooper. <laughs> Cooper would totally, Cooper would totally order pineapple and ham. Cooper would make those trips. Well, yes. And Cooper would Cooper not. Knows-
3: <laughs> Cooper would look at the menu, not understand what Hawaiian pizza was, but thinks it sounds exotic. So orders it.
2: <laughs> just anyway.
3: yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just now want a scene of like Cooper and Blaine at a pizza place, trying to decipher the menu,
1: and and so and and Cooper ordering the Hawaiian pizza, and Blaine going this is Italian. Yes, (laughs) it's a terrible idea. Why, why, why did you order this?
2: I mean, I respect your opinions. You're both wrong, and next time we all get to eat together, I will eat the entire Hawaiian pizza.
1: As you can, you will be fucking allowed to do that. Yes. <laughs> Which is also, why this works, because I get
2: all the Hawaiian pizza that I want.
1: Also, I would just like to point out, pretty sure Kevin McHale does not like Hawaiian uh, pizza.
2: So. I mean, according to his Instagram, he's probably not eating pizza right now. Looks like he's yeah, trying to, his, his, trying to Instagram,
3: out. his Instagram is demotivating me about a lot of things.
2: I know. I actually had some pizza today, and then I was like, "Oh, I should probably go work out."
3: How can I finish this cake when I'm watching him work out? <laughs> is it, I assume that means he
1: must have a job? Uh, no, he well, I work. think he's,
3: he he is permanently at the gym right now. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Hopefully, that weird. means I don't know. Yeah.
2: Breaking I mean, news: Kevin McHale has a new job. You heard it here first. <laughs>
1: We break. Yeah, breaking news. We don't
2: know what it is. We do. We're just not. But we're putting. You have good. to tune in next week.
1: Well, I was gonna say it's not like it's not like Kevin McHale has to like be at the gym to score like a boyfriend. That's true. He already has one. So clearly, already... he's at the gym for other reasons. Working on his fitness. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, anyway, that's this, this long, this long sojourn into a terrible choice for pizza. Is just a further <laughs> mm-hmm. reminder that Finn Hudson should not be trusted. He really um, can't be. You, just, I mean, yeah.
2: I know a lot and of him. He cannot make
1: decisions he picks the worst thing.
2: A lot of the love for Finn Hudson, I really I really think comes from Corey, which is which is fine, <laughs> but that does it does make you gloss over canonical Finn Hudson, who is often a dickbag.
1: Yeah, I would I mean, say my, my, my appreciation for Finn does come, I think thousand percent from Fanon and from Fick yeah. where people have, they want from Finn or what are like the, the parts of him that were good Yes, and pulled it and then kind of added some of how Corey was and how he was just
3: very, very friendly and very sweet,
1: built yeah. that into yeah. lovable. Little doofusy means well is mm-hmm. sort of like a golden retriever puppy.
2: Yes, yeah, I think there, I think fan interpretation of Finn Hudson has really risen above in the memory of uh, of Glee watching, which is which... it's fine. It's really I mean that doesn't it's not harmful really, but I think you I think people I mean, do it, have to it, remember that sometimes Finn is just an asshole.
1: It would say on on a whole, I would say yeah, I'm totally fine with the fan memory of Finn being what it is. But as we dive deeper into it, just sort of kind of going cool, like fine that we've all collectively decided this is how we're gonna remember him. But like mm-hmm. technically, he did some dickish things, a
2: lot of That's dickish things. <laughs> technically, but yeah, I guess we can let it. I mean, we can let it slide in certain times, but like the way he treats Rachel in these, in some of these seasons is pretty shitty.
3: I mean, also the way he treats Quinn is pretty shitty because he was with her. Like, Yeah. yeah. He could have made the choice to stay with her if he really loved her and missed her that much.
2: Yes. If he, if he really loved her. And I guess that's like a, I mean, that's imposing value whatever but yes you could you can argue that if you if you really cared about her in a well i mean he's 16 he can't it's not how your brain works but if he was really in love with her he could have said this is a thing that maybe we can try and work past and i do want to be a father to this kid who's not mine and we'll figure it out but it was like and again he's 16 and there's no way his 16 year old brain is gonna make that choice (laughs) and that decision Or but instead it
3: just, it just yeah. led him to treat Quinn kind of shittily while they were together because he wanted Rachel the whole time and then immediately yes. want Quinn when he's with Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Which, now that you pointed out, is probably accurate 16 year old boy characterization, but still makes him not a great person.
2: Yeah.
1: It, it, well, it's accurate 16 year old boy characterization. I just think it, and that's fine it's sort of like I think fandom has decided to see him as better than 16 year old boy. Yes. I will yeah. I will say I don't I don't begrudge Finn for not going, you know, trying to make it work with Quinn. Like I I said last last week and I stand by it like the girl the person I felt worst terrible for was Quinn and I still do cuz you know trying to be pregnant as a like 15, six year old girl can't be easy. But at the same time, like, Finn did get lied to. I mean, he was an idiot. He should have realized what was going on, but because, you know, uh, it's not that's not how pregnancy happens. But also, <laughs> right. I, I can see <laughs> right. how your girlfriend lying to you about this, asking you to get a job. To help support a child that she knows isn't yours, but didn't tell you and lied to you the entire time, does kind of make you go, uh, "No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to now." Yeah. I, Even I if miss. I would've been honest, maybe I would have,
3: but definitely
1: not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can like you. I
3: can absolutely understand that. It's just the fact that as soon as he's with Rachel, all he's doing is romanticizing how much he misses Quinn. That I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you, you walked away from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's like fair and fair enough, but you don't get to.
1: And I and I think this does make me think of of you know again sort of what we we were talking about with Rachel. Is it a symptom of being being written by men that um, how Finn is written and how and in regards to how he treats Rachel and how he treats Quinn is just like that's how the men who are writing this show see like this, this you know see that kind of relationship aspect or how they see 16 year old boys acting or how they see that goes
2: i think it's hard cuz it's you know we don't have the luxury of asking them and we don't have the luxury of interviews that you can really trust like oh you know as as the writers we were really trying to get we were trying to remember what it was like being 16 and I, it, it's hard to say one way or the other sometimes, especially in something like this, because you can make the argument that they were trying to portray uh, what they thought a sixteen-year-old do would would do in that situation, or you can also make the argument that they were just like, "What's gonna make uh What's gonna make good TV, or at least what they thought would be good TV." And I I I don't really know.
1: Yeah, I I don't either, and and. I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact word I want here, but it's just I feel like it's a example of uh, the the harmful, not harmful more more of like the toxic uh, relationships that I, you can get when it, men and men and women and that's sort of I don't know if this is just them trying to remember and teenagers have crazy ass you know relationships because they're teenagers and emotions and, and hormones and everything. Or if it's just like, you know, a, a symptom of how, of the misogyny that is somehow ingrained in, say, old white men.
2: I think it's probably a little bit of both.
1: Probably.
2: Which sucks, you know. Yeah, Hire, isn't this hire more female hockey? staff writers.
1: <laughs> yes. I
2: mean, yes. did Glee
3: season one even have female staff writers? Mm-hmm. uh,
2: I don't know like the 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 credited main writers are all brad Ian yeah and Murphy first season one, but I don't know i there might be yeah. credited staff writers, and I just haven't bothered looking I'm
1: googling at the second this is this is a question i really i'm really curious on um what about just glee writers? I mean, I know we get okay. Well, we just pulled up. I mean, there there are like there are
2: there are credited writers who, um, like Marty Noxon and Stacey Traub wrote episodes. Um, some of them wrote. There are women credited for a number of uh other episodes but i'd have to go through season by season to try and like track down which particular episodes they're credited for writing
1: i feel like there was one earlier that was written by a woman and because i just elodie elodie keen is that's a she was a director i thought elodie keen was was a director i think you're right so at least they had they did have a female director they had, she did one.
2: I mean, honestly, Brad, two... Ian, and Murphy had pretty solid control through season one and two. And then, of course, they find something else they like to play with. So season three is when more people come in and start taking over. Like, uh-huh. just a quick look. Allie Adler is credited for Pot of Gold, which, for better or worse, like, thanks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> marty Knox did the I extraordinary say LAD... merry christmas well yeah. remember how eric stoltz fucking directed some episodes how weird is that, <laughs> that
3: show i will
1: say elodie did three did three episodes in the in the first 13 uh episodes mm-hmm. okay. which not, not not i would say not normal for most shows so kudos to you guys for having a woman direct three episodes
2: yeah, unfortunately, uh Network TV has uh a severe lack of uh female writers and directors and below the line crew. Like it's all bad. It's all bad is what I'm saying. But uh, huh, you know, later it's seasons. It's all bad, so I
1: will give them pro- I will give them props for having having had the having had a woman do fourth.
2: Now, here's something we should, I think, and maybe, you know, people listening can can think about too um the first two seasons are really the reins are held by the creators right so ian ryan and brad kind of have more solid control over seasons one and two because they're doing the majority of writing uh, and directing and in season three is when other people come in and start really taking over they the three of them really step back because they've got sixteen thousand other projects I think we should keep an eye out for continuity problems and like characterization problems as, as more and more people try to put their mark on the show. Cause that's what happens in uh, TV shows like this, where it goes on for a long time and you bring in a number of directors and writers that each person tries to put their own little spin, their own little touch on it. And sometimes it really shows. And I think some of the characterization problems that we really start to see later can probably be contributed to the num- the sheer number of people who have their hands on it.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And it'll just be interesting I to see agree. if that holds up. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think we've seen enough inconsistent characterization so far for me to say, yeah, it, the inconsistency isn't just due to them bringing in other... You know other writers or directors yeah, of course. um but i do I, I will i will say it it would be interesting as we keep going to go ah yes here is when i start seeing a major difference mm-hmm. on rachel or this this starts to make absolutely no sense because they went in this direction or this thing that pops in my head is as actually due to season four which was somebody else
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that'll be really interesting as we keep going to to keep that in mind Jumping, jumping from, from that and, um, off of the fan. Anyway, that's six years voice, from now. <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, one of the things that, speak, speaking, of, uh, speaking of women on Glee, um, Sue, Sue, Sue. <sighs> yeah, I know. I love Sue Sylvester. I think that's, I, I appreciate her. I know you guys also love her. I am very frustrated with her this episode. Yeah. Um. And, and I don't just, know if it's because, you know, yeah. I don't know, am I, am I looking back and remembering the parts I like? Am I, am I too, am I remembering Fanon too much? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my remembrance of Sue and what I feel like we've seen so far is, yeah, she's chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. She does some mm-hmm. things that are good and some things that are bad. And a lot of it's just chaos. Yeah. Um, she wants to fuck over the Glee Club no matter what. She's not above sending her Cheerios in to fuck things up, but interfering in teen relationships.
0: Yeah, it's weird. a lot more
1: than it does Sue, and it made mm-hmm. me just go, "What the fuck?" Like, that's that that's weird and strange and creepy, and then and then use the date rape drug and yeah. making oh, a joke. Um, I, 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 attribute that to, hey, white male writers are trying yeah. to make gallows humor, but guess what? You don't get to make gallows humor when you're not standing on that platform. And white men, old men aren't the ones that are, uh, given date rape drugs. So I don't care that you had a woman do it to a man. You don't get to write that joke.
2: Yeah. See, I think it very much points to a room full of male writers to think that that would be funny. Like, I think, I don't know how many women and obviously there are women with internalized misogyny who would write that joke trying to be subversive and it's just not funny. Yeah. But I think it points to a room full of men like, wouldn't it, you guys, wouldn't it be funny if Sue dropped a roofie in, uh, in the principal's drink? Like, no, no, it's not actually. But thank you for trying. We
1: turned it on, we turned it on its head and we had a woman do it to a man. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Aren't we hilarious I- and creative? Like, oh, you're just assholes.
1: No, it's not. no, I mean, it's, again, I, I come back to um, black humor, gallows humor, that's a thing. That's a legit thing. Yeah. But when you're not the one that's standing on those gallows, you don't get to make that joke. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you're just punching down. And it doesn't matter if you're the one, that, if you're giving it to a female character, there are some things I find to be, like, that's not, you didn't hate Maybe there's a way to have a date rape. I, I don't think we need date rape drugs. To so. Like, uh, yeah. I really, I say I'm inclined to agree with you, but I, I'm willing to say, okay, maybe there's a way that you can use a roofie as as a joke or use it in a way that it is a joke. But
3: if so, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real hard and for me and... to try and think of any situation in which I would think, oh, that that was a great roofie joke. <laughs> yeah i think the only way it could
1: work is if it somehow was ended up the joke was on the person who did who did the roofie i i don't i don't I'm, i don't know i haven't really thought this through like i said i'm inclined then, to
3: agree with you guys. Like, if it if it ends up with anyone having sex because they were drugged i feel like that's immediately not funny no
1: agreed or even yeah. just making somebody that was that happened yeah no, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I was, I'm willing to have it like, Hey, no, there is an example where date rape drug is used in a, in a scene in a way that's is a joke. Maybe that exists. Maybe it does. I don't particularly think so, but I'm willing to say maybe it does. Um, either way, I'm just, I am very disappointed in, in Sue's characterization and her entire, her entire everything this note. Um, this is not the sue sylvester i signed up for god damn it
2: (laughs) yeah she's definitely a character that they never quite they never quite solidify in their own minds what she's meant for and who she is like she definitely just starts out as a foil who's supposed to be kind of funny and irreverent and says mean things and and she's the foil but that that's Mm -hmm. not a character that lasts for six seasons like you can't just keep doing that it becomes like scooby-doo you know like oh it's sue again but
1: oh, they, oh, pull the mask off
2: it's the <laughs> old man oh it's sue like they just never they're never able to figure out her her as a person and they try they try and, with like her sister and it never coalesces into a human being
1: and there's a big difference for me from sue is abusive verbally so Mm-hmm. and a terrible person and right. there is using a date rape drug to tell somebody that that literally not even just like that something happened but also also figgins i'm pretty sure was married so yes, yes. like there's a lot there oh, wow. and i'm like that yeah. that's that's, yeah. that's a whole different kind of maybe i'm misremembering maybe figgins isn't married but like if he is i feel like that's an even extra layer of like on his soul and i don't like figgins but i also i'm like that's not that's a whole other level guys so yeah definitely down to male men in a men in a writing room that think this is funny and it's not and it's and it's fyi to anybody that's writing maybe don't use that as like a punchline in a, in a store
2: <laughs> dear future writers Especially rapes not age. funny
1: yeah fyi just you know we're we're here for to help you we're here to give you tips tips that you may not have come up with.
2: now you can go to school for this kind of information but we're gonna give it to you for free rapes not funny you're welcome glad we could we're help with that saving you some money on grad school
3: yay and if anyone um, needs a PowerPoint presentation that is one slide that says that, we can provide that.
2: <laughs> yes, we can. We, we can give that you in a
3: flow chart if that helps. <laughs>
2: we can it's <laughs> this joke about rape. Joke yes, about rape. no, it's not funny. funny.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It might be
2: funny. <laughs> we can put it up on the website, just a one <laughs> yeah. one frame
1: <laughs> We that that will be available for everybody later. <laughs> available uh on t-shirts uh, and buttons please, please feel free to reference <laughs> that's for you um so uh, a couple other random things that I have written down that are in a slightly happier oh boy uh, vein this all has been
2: that. a depressing chat so far actually hasn't it
1: <laughs> let me let me lighten it up with one dolphins are gay sharks guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: that happened yeah. this episode there are a couple uh,
2: dare we say it? Iconic Glee lines. That's one of them. The other is, "No, she's dead. This is her son."
1: Such a perfect curtain line. I mm-hmm. actually don't know if Chris improv
3: that really? line. I could be,
1: I could be totally making this
3: up. Hold on. Yeah, I thought he improv it because that's something that actually um, happens to him. It actually happened to him.
2: Uh, yeah, we got breadsticks. We got our. Was this our first breadsticks, or have they been to breadsticks before?
1: they've been to breadsticks before
2: okay Uh, we did get lauren zeises who i i i don't even know i don't know if i like her or if i can't stand her and i just don't even remember at this point i feel like i don't end up liking her but
3: she's another one that started out as a character that that might have been kind of like funny and then they just like drove it into the ground with mm -hmm. bad qualities
2: yeah absolutely
3: i would like to add
1: okay so Yes, they've been to breadsticks before, but this was the first episode that they the first appearance of the breadsticks theme music cue.
2: Oh, there's a breadsticks theme music cue.
1: So, yeah, there is. All right. Yeah, is. So, I'm yeah. glad
2: they put that much effort into it, but not like the plot.
1: There is so many things that they that there's so much. They put so much effort into it. I was talking with Mandy. Uh, uh, about something in season 3. So guess what, you guys all have to hang around for a while to get to hear all of that conversation. Um but like hair, a makeup, um wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that had so much care and effort put into it. And then you're like, "But what about like the plot?" I know.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you spent so much time coordinating outfits, but you couldn't actually write a story?
1: Like I would not trust season four. If somebody said, no, this is the, the writers totally meant for this based on this other thing that happened. You can see they meant for the, this parallel. I would say bullshit because the right, I don't trust the writers. If you came to me and said, no, the outfits coordinating means this and it's, and it's a, and it's a take off of what, you know, it take, it's a, it's a flip of what the trope that happened in a season prior because they wore the same kind of thing, I'd be like, yes, yeah. I believe you because Wardrobe did that shit. Yeah, Wardrobe
2: was definitely operating it. on a different
1: <laughs> They were on a, they were like I'm not gonna say like, HBO of a... level of operating, <laughs> but they they were getting out there. They were like, like we're, we're a legitimate we're show, right? Right? Yeah, they were they were like in cable levels of of operating. Maybe not pay cable, but cable. And uh and yeah, so uh I, I do I do trust them. Um so yeah, we had we had a Breadsticks music queue. That's where this started.
2: <laughs> all right. Breadsticks music queue. Breadsticks uh waitress. Mm-hmm. He's around all the time. Um
1: so yeah, okay. there was a lot that I think happened in this episode that I feel was iconic to just our understanding, our being fandom, how Hopefully. we shaped a lot of the characters in our brain, in our in our how we wrote them, how we like understood them, because so it, it's interesting that it went back. For me, going as back as, as far as season one, I I I thought a lot of what I took from the characters were all season two, so that was kind of an interesting um, thing to go. Oh, I didn't realize some of this was season one. Yeah, I have a I have just a small petty point. If I may. No, Thank we don't always. do petty here.
2: Um, why is Emma's office so big? And why is it glassed in with like glass windows when she is the fucking guidance counselor? Because That's we're, a
3: good point.
2: If I'm speaking to a guidance counselor, the last thing I want is the entire school to see me possibly crying but at least having a serious emotional conversation with somebody
1: in the middle of the day. Okay. And Emily, I in see in your point. But I counter- <laughs> would you tell Emma Pillsbury something deeply emotional and upsetting?
2: No, but I would at least take a pamphlet from her and I don't want the whole school to know what pamphlets I'm taking. Uh, Let I mean, me put you... them in my backpack first before I leave. Crabs. Like...
3: They're not just for the ocean. <laughs> If you like, wanted to have a serious conversation with your partner about, like, the level of tan your hands are, you might want yes. privacy. <laughs> tan I hands. was
2: hoping that was... I want to hide my tan hands, and I don't also, need floor-to-ceiling glass windows.
1: Blaine, why are you putting so much moisturizer on your, moisturizer on your hands? That is I- a question for us to revisit in a few seasons.
2: I think we know why. That's
1: also not a question I would want him answering in front of a glass. Uh,
2: yes. in, a, in a glass.
3: Or Emma, probably. Or
1: Emma.
2: Also, is
1: Emma
3: Pillsbury <laughs> going
2: to stand for those glass windows ever being remotely streaky?
1: How, like, how much of her how, yeah is for cleaning the She
2: has to spend six of her eight hours cleaning the windows.
1: The other two hours are devoted to printing pamphlets. Yes. Anyway, for the first time, speaking I was like, wait a minute. Emma actually actually yes. speaking of Emma. Um last episode, we ended Emma in my opinion rightfully <laughs> saying, what? "Fuck this shit, I'm out." Mm-hmm. Verbatim, I'm I am I'm giving you word for word. Um this episode Emma we have no like there, there there's no commentary to hey i'm so glad you're back or decided not to leave or we blackmailed you into staying nothing yeah nothing yeah.
2: we don't bucket even know. logic it. it's it's straight up fuck it logic and
1: so my question my question is um how did how did emma come back
2: well there how probably are aren't I? that many guidance counselors in lima ohio so
1: she realized moving or she looked she went to a different school it was really dirty she wasn't <laughs> able to clean it to the yeah. point to the to the yeah. levels of necessity and so left yes cool that's what i'm going with i also have on here and uh i have i i have a note here uh as a, as a question to the audience um so there was a trivia note on on this episode that I found really interesting. Uh, the the pinky holding that we see from uh, Santana and Brittany, I guess we, we see it, you know, we, we definitely see it in this episode. Uh, the note says that's something that came from Naya and Heather, and Ryan liked it and wrote it in, because, again, Glee's not a documentary. Um my question is like was there was there like a uh, interview that that confirmed that is there something from Nia or Heather or Ryan like saying this is what happened I I have no memory of this I have no memory of it being Nia and Heather that did this so I'm just trying to figure out where where it came from <laughs> so people that are that are, may know or are aware of how or why that is a thing I would like to know <laughs> Gotta get
2: those uh those well, hey ya those shippers up. back up hey, and around.
1: Yeah. If you're still hanging around, um hanging around and listening to us. Hi. How are you? Um, what is this? I would like to know. So that's uh that's all I've got here on my on my list of, of things that happened this episode. Uh anything anything else standing out for you guys?
2: Well, not the songs.
3: Do we want to talk about Terry and Emma? Or <sighs> we, we should. Not not even so much Terry and Emma as the bad choices that Will Schuster continues to make that hurt the people in his life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's yeah. definitely talk about that.
2: <laughs> I, you know, like, again, he just dumped his wife <laughs> and he's got Emma all up in the home he shared with his wife, watching their movies, eating on their table, like, weeks, a month after the... Breakup, and he doesn't. He's all surprised when Terry shows. Uh, yeah, and then he makes out also, with Shelby because that fucking makes sense too.
1: Also, maybe it's my really cynical read of of Schu- uh, Schuster. Read accurate read of Schuster. Um, I saw shoes making out with Shelby. A result of Emma basically saying she wanted to go slow because of her her issues. That's what Aussie. I saw. It. Yeah, it it
3: definitely read like that. Oh,
1: I don't. We're not gonna make out or do other things. I'm going to, and maybe it wasn't a conscious choice on Schuster's part to go. uh, Therefore, I'm gonna go find somebody else to actually make out with. But But, I saw it as a a a cause and effect. That that is literally how I saw it as. Which again, Schuster is the worst kind of person. Yeah. Yes. Because like that.
2: Emma's a a strange character because she has her OCD which is a not problematic but like it's a it's a rough thing to have in a tv show because everyone's presentation of of the disorder is different and how do you distill it down to one character's behaviors and for Emma it kind of comes and goes depending on what like the visual gag of the scene is right like Sometimes she's in full gloves and an apron washing grapes, and other times she's in someone else's house setting their table <laughs> and cooking with her things, right? Like it that doesn't bother her enough to stop it, but she so yeah, so it just kind of depends on what the scene needs. But you know, her mm-hmm. her reluctance to engage in any sort of physical relationship with someone is deeply rooted in a lot of psychological and emotional issues for her, and it doesn't really come up again. And okay. it's treated as a as a like a reason for Shu to have another emotional moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like she tells him this deeply personal and probably very embarrassing thing that a lot of people would look down on, and his reaction is to make out with somebody else. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool. I think
1: my, I think the inevitable response of we should deal with our own shit is the right response yes but yeah. it came out the wrong fucking way yeah like not, not you shouldn't even jumped into this relationship you should have said cool I still really like you we but we need to deal with our ish first and then let's try this but like yeah that is that is just it's, it's just further proof to me that like either I mean one Schuster's a terrible person mm-hmm. but also. <laughs> just really feels and especially this episode how much a lot of what is written is written by men yeah because i'm like yeah. you had a woman being very vulnerable about something that would be very um you know that a lot of people would have you know issues with or just see negatively and your reaction is to write the male character go make out with somebody else
2: mm-hmm.
1: yep okay mm-hmm. And you want me to think of him sympathetically? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Fine. I'm gonna say if you if you think that if you think that that's, that that's okay, then like imagine it was flipped around and you know Schuster had an issue and told Emma, and Emma went and made out with some other guy. Yeah. If you feel like that, if you feel like that make her a bitch, then yeah, you you have a problem with it. Yeah. So, we'll double talk. standards. Mm-hmm. Those don't exist. What are no we talking one, about?
2: No one ever treats women and men differently. No. No.
1: Silly. You're just a silly woman. You don't understand, Emily. <laughs> I, don't, I, I know.
2: I know. <laughs> I just, I just got to get back to my needlepoint and washing clothes by hand. And...
1: Yeah, if you could fix those, fix those patches on the socks and maybe darn a few extra things. You know, what you... I don't, yeah. I don't even know what to darn
2: to be perfectly yes. honest if i could darn a pair of socks my life would probably be a lot better but i never learned how like <laughs> i wish it, this, I-
1: this is where this is where our our uh cohort our generation is to the point know. where we're like look if <laughs> we could fucking make our own socks we fucking would okay <laughs> like i wish i could I knit but I my can- hands
2: don't do the thing like i can't i I don't tie Because our
1: boomer back. parents decided not to learn and teach us. Thank you, boomers. I will blame you for everything. Bringing it back around.
2: Yeah. Fuck you, boomers.
1: I like to <laughs> blame for everything, do you? Yeah. I
2: so like, you know, no disrespect to needle pointers. My hands can't do that shit. I don't know how. I wish I could knit. I can't.
1: And no, I'm not man, gonna learn because I don't do have that kind point, of patience. Needle points fucking intricate as shit. Like, I can't, I can't see yeah. that well. <laughs> I already I already have bad vision. I don't need myopia on yeah, top of I've, this.
2: I already can't see far away. I don't need to no, I just can't. I can't afford new glasses. I can't pull this shit.
1: Alright, bringing this back to Glee. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this is a side this is a side rant into, into generational issues that I feel most of you understand. But we have never back done
2: side rants.
1: Never. It's <laughs> not a thing we do here. Alright. So okay, cool. We we added we added an extra Fuck shoe, which I appreciate. I'm always here for this. Uh anything anything else that, that we may have we may have missed going over I mean, with this episode? Did anyone like any of the songs? I like I the originals. Not, not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hello I mean, Goodbye is one of my favorite songs done by the Beatles.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry,
1: who are the Beatles? I don't I've never there is there is one person that's allowed to do non that's allowed to do Beatles songs other than the Beatles and his name is Chris Colfer and he did not get a starring role in the song. I will accept not. his Beatles record. I will accept his Beatles songs because he did good ones. <laughs> uh,
2: I thought um, Rachel trying to sing a non-Broadway song was kind of hilarious.
3: Yeah, she didn't True. pull it off in my opinion.
2: Not at all.
1: Leah Michelle is not a pop singer.
2: Okay, can I... I don't want to get into like a, a total discussion with, and I know people really like Leah Michelle, and I hope everyone is having a great time in DC right now at the show and fantastic. Oh, is that where
1: they are uh,
2: right now? Okay. It, yeah, right. But like, I, there's a line in the show from this episode where, um, God, I wrote it down because I was like, yes, this is exactly my problem with Leah Michelle. And it, ugh, fuck me, where is it? Oh, um, it. I think it's Jesse St. James or Shelby or one of them saying that uh, Rachel lacked Barbara's emotional depth in "Don't Rain on My Parade," and I was like, "Yes, that is my problem with Leah Michelle singing is that it lacks emotional depth. She has a lot of technical skill, but there's always something missing for me, and sometimes it makes it hard to to." not focus on the song but to like really feel what her character is supposed to be feeling because I just don't hear it and then Mm. like Mercedes you can kind of feel it honestly Santana when she sings you like feel it even if Mm -hmm. it's not the same technical uh, ability there's like a it's that emotional depth and it's like a it's a skill that's very different but I just and like again if you love Leah Michelle, God bless you have a great time. But it's the thing I can never quite get past.
1: Do you think it's because um, Leah Michelle can't read? So she can't <laughs> like mm, the emotion. I mean that's uh, like, probably it. it. That's probably it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, She's just having going off of telling her to read.
2: <laughs> just having to ex- she just has to listen to the song and doesn't actually really get into it. That's probably it, yeah. You got me.
1: I I, I will say yeah. Uh, I think I, I it's not something I realized with a lot because I, I without a doubt she has a flawless voice. Her voice is fucking amazing, and um, I I am not a technical. I'm not a singer. I was gonna say I'm not a technical singer. I'm not <laughs> any kind of singer. Technically, I'm, I'm not a, a singer. I <laughs> may let me turn the music up and sing really loud in my car, and so I yes. can't hear myself over. It of the song and it sounds like I'm singing really well that's the kind of singer I am yes but so that being said she's phenomenal she does so much better with Broadway than she does with pop songs and I I think that's just how her voice is and how she was trained yeah but I have had issues with with some of her her songs just like I'm just like okay that's technically done well like that's very she can sing that song it sounds great but like I just I just don't it doesn't do anything for me, it and I haven't really made that connection. Me. It's interesting that you say that because yeah, um, Naya, I'd say I've definitely mer- um, Amber uh, yeah. a lot. There's a I I would say Chris, Darren, I even even goodness gracious, what's Marley's girl name?
2: <laughs> yes, Supergirl. Whatever Supergirl, her name,
1: yeah, even Supergirl, <laughs> unique. To be on Broadway. Yeah, I mean Tina. Yeah. God. Again, yeah. using using characters and actors' names indiscriminately. That's that's my uh, that's my motto. But um, yeah, there there definitely is something to adding that emotion where you don't just hear it. Um, and and that's interesting that they put that into Rachel because yeah, even when even when she's singing about Finn, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like a pantomime of or like an alien who is like trying to pretend <laughs> that they're human and is like i'm 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 showing the emotions that i know a human is supposed to show right now i'm not, of course not saying that michelle is an alien she's obviously human she just can't read
3: um is she but yeah. i mean that would explain her not being able to read i mean maybe she reads incredibly well in her own language yeah Figure that the fuck out. So clearly, the that was the whole thing.
1: Leah Michelle, Alien. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done. Uh, we have answered so many questions this this episode. We have questions that should have remained unanswered. Questions <laughs> that were never asked.
2: Questions that we answered. Nobody needed to know.
1: Nobody asked these questions. Oh, That's fine. Wow. Oh, that is our job. here. To answer the questions nobody asked.
2: Nobody sue us.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly.
2: Allegedly, Leah Michelle is an alien.
1: <laughs> Just want to add that in there. Okay, so um we forgot to do this last episode and uh, I no. apologize greatly on behalf of everybody. I have let not only you down, but us down, and I have let Kevin McHale down. <laughs> so for that I apologize. Yeah.
2: We did. We oh, really, wow. we really dropped the Kevin. We <laughs> really dropped the Kevin on
1: this one. That said, uh, how many, how many Kevins was this? Uh, was this episode out of one to five? Like half a one,
2: if that. If that, like maybe just a quarter, because he was in a song, sort of.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would go a with a quarter. quarter
2: a quarter, yeah. Kevin. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad.
1: Was a pretty. Despite this being, having, despite this episode having everybody in the cast in it, which, side note, won't happen again until Purple Piano Project, which, yeah. what the fuck, really, Seriously? But that yeah. being said, um, yeah, no, very, very minimal Kevin. I will back you guys up. Quarter Kevin.
2: Quarter Kevin. This,
1: was, this episode was a quarter Kevin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So we talked about Jesse and Shelby and how Jesse and Rachel, maybe should have been a thing, and but we'll never know. That didn't happen. Do you, um, do you
2: perhaps it, want to say that they could have had it all if they were rolling in the deep?
1: I wasn't going to go there, but I guess we did. They could have. They could have had it all. i go for the low-hanging fruit. I mean, somebody's got to pick it. That's all I've got. Um, the uh, the blatantly unfortunate misogyny that existed in this episode mm-hmm. Um blatant at least to us, maybe not to the writers, because, you know, men patriarchy men. Uh, the the bit of fandom that existed that we get at the beginning of this with some of, some actual great lines, some great improv lines, some great improv characterization, um, Sue not being great, uh, and uh, Finn being the absolute worst because fucker likes Hawaiian pizza.
3: But apparently so does
1: Cooper. <laughs> Blaine doesn't.
2: If it's good enough health for the Cooper, it's good enough for me.
1: We'll allow it. Um, anything else? Uh,
2: no. We can talk about Lauren Zysysys later. I, we don't have to talk about her now. We'll yeah, if she
3: does pop up, there'll be plenty of chances to talk about her. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to her Especially,
1: later. I can't wait to get to talking about her versus Fan and her.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like that
1: could be like an entire episode. <laughs> factor fan and it's coming. Okay. That that is an episode that will exist. Yep. Alright. Yeah. With uh with that, I guess all we've got left to say is uh well that's what you missed on Glee.
0: <laughs> At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two, and we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together, and doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today, and you could save an average of twenty percent too. Talk about music to your ears! Visit Farmers.com or call one eight hundred Farmers to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported twenty eighteen nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey,
1: babe. Your parents are here.
0: But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.